Welcome to another figure week, park surface week, organic week. Hey everyone, my name is Ahmed Aldouri. I'm a concept artist and former instructor at Art Center College of Design, Brainstorm, CCS, CGMA, and various other places. And I would like to introduce to you this digital painting course that I've created. But before we get into anything, I just wanna thank you for the support you've all given me this whole time. And with the support of so many of you, I've been able to put together everything I know about painting into this digital painting course. You want to become a pro, illustrator, concept artist, or even just a hobbyist, but you don't have a clear map to get there. And that's where I come in. I spent the last six months compiling everything I know from my 20 years of art practice, and I've turned it all into a map, starting with foundations such as rendering shapes, color theory, painting basic subjects, understanding brushwork, brush economy, all that fun stuff, deconstructing the skull, drawing it from every angle, Angle, all the way to master studies, stylized painting, and you'll find yourself at the end of the course doing a concept art project based on everything that we learn in the first 14 lessons. So how does it work? Well, you sign up, you watch the lectures, do the assignments, post them to the community page if you want, and treat it as a self-study, except for those of you who have signed up for the weekly meeting where I personally critique your work in a virtual classroom setting. I believe learning by repetition is super important. That's what I've sort of presented a lot in this course, and the assignments are tailored for that, as adapted from my time teaching at Art Center. And each of these lessons have step-by-step -step explanations in real time. If you've ever seen my videos, you know exactly how I teach. And this course is intended to be a substitute for a college level course, but you don't have to pay the four or $5,000 per class, racking up maybe 200K in debt. With my custom design course, you'd be paying a fraction of that. And of course, I also have payment plan options if you don't want to pay for the whole thing at once. Thank you for watching this and I'll see you soon. Um, thanks again for all of you for joining the conversation we're having today and of course checking out the podcast i'm hoping that you guys wherever you are are staying safe and creative as always and uh yeah uh thanks to everybody again who's been uh, in the podcast rooms in the discord and checking out the episodes and of course suggesting guests um i've always taken those uh, seriously and always go to try and check out and bring in people i can uh to enlighten your day and make the podcast uh, ever, ever more enriched um today uh, we have another returning guest, um, 
very rare that we do these on these podcasts where we have people on multiple times but uh the guy's just so awesome uh, i couldn't say no to speaking to him again uh today once again we are speaking to antonio Staffarts. so hey antonio how's it going buddy hey gordon i'm good man thanks for having me again it's uh yeah it's an honor it's to always have fun you talking again. to you both yeah. offline and on these things so yeah 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 it's, it's we've had that definitely uh thing where we've been in constant contact for the last but must be five years now, something like that, because uh, or close to it, because I think it was, was it 2018 industry workshops we bumped into each other. I think so. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you bumped into me when I was painting, you were painting. with gouache. <laughs> <laughs> you were you, doing had, you had this awesome uh, poster with signatures from all the rock stars in the industry, or, or oh, at least yeah, the people yeah. that were there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's sitting right next to me. You can't see it because it's off camera, but it's sitting oh, on cool. my wall. It's, it's covered in, in signatures. Yeah, that was because it was the five-year anniversary of finish workshops and they right. did a, a huge poster to commemorate so i got a lot of guys to uh um even now thinking back five years a lot of guys who've careers have, have, have exploded like uh matthias Zemeca and guys like that who are, are on it and christian and other right. people so yeah that's it's, it's weird in such a small space how things can change um and talking about that of course now we've got you back on again to talk about artwad which is your baby which is your your you know your experiment this thing you've kind of tried to implement it in the world and it's definitely been successful i mean if people don't know you so far uh for the returning guests kind of thing and, and people haven't checked out the first episode can you just briefly talk about who you are and what you do sure sure um so my name is antonio i'm a small guy from belgium that uh got super interested in concept art i think back in 2015 is when i heard about concept art, like kind of learned what it was mm-hmm. and almost like that struck me that just struck a chord, like, holy shit, you can do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I want to do. So that's what I kind of almost redirected my life towards. That was my purpose. And so worked, worked towards getting that goal, uh, eventually became an, a concept artist and then saw some, you know, things. I always saw holes in the art education in Belgium. And so I was like, you know, if I can give back to the community, maybe I can start something that I'm passionate about, which is combining almost the philosophy of working out mm-hmm. um, in a, what I do with CrossFit and then combining that with art education. And that's how ArtWad was born. Um, so that's that's where started ArtWad back in 2019 mm-hmm. and reiterated it each year like a... <laughs> Like a concept artist does, you know, reiterate, reiterate. And now we're at the third reiteration of the platform. I'm super excited to see where it goes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of briefly started because I definitely, I had an interest in you because uh, famously you had kind of went from um, knowing not a lot about the, the discipline to basically working in the industry within a space of something like 18 months. And uh, it's rare. You know, I mean, people have done it before, but you definitely were one of the quickest and people were then starting to really point at you and think, oh my God, like, wow. You know, like, I mean, I remember talking to James Ryman about you and he was very interested in your journey as well. And he was checking your stuff out and loads of other professionals were the same. They were like, oh, check this guy out. Like he's really went quickly and, you know, working professionally and he's got a job. And because, um, you know, when I was obviously checking out the the whole path of being a concept designer, um, people were definitely pointing to you and saying, you know, look at Antonio, kind of follow where he's been. And then I think initially it was like the zero hero stuff that you posted on your youtube that was like the beginnings of art one and starting to really find your feet and like posting stuff and, and getting art education online and then yeah art one launched it's weird to think it's even 2019 it seems like so much crazy right yeah, yeah yeah 
um just before even just before the pandemic so i yep. mean that's been a whole thing as well um and then 2.0 was last year right um yes. yep and then now 3.0 is about to launch um so i guess for the whole audience that's listening people want to get involved um they kind of roughly have an idea of art world is already but what's going to be different about 3.0 for the online art education because you definitely have said that you feel like it's going to revolutionize online art education yeah um and well the reason that is because my vision i always had a big vision for art one like even bigger than even what we're doing with art war 3.0 mm-hmm. um i know i'm gonna reiterate it at some point um, yeah of course but the platform will hopefully stay the same i was always like when i started the first rendition of art what it was just almost me making a bunch of videos um, trying to instill some structure into people's training because that's what I see missing from most people. It's like the structure, consistency isn't there. And so that's what we do at ArtWad, right? We create these weekly workouts for getting better at art, and those are combined with you know tailored classrooms to help you get there. Yeah. Um, and we built the new platform, the one that, that we're using now, mm-hmm. But it still didn't have that user experience that I wanted. It still hadn't, didn't almost give people, a lot of people that come onto the platform still are confused about what ArtWatt is. Right. Which tells me it's not a good platform. It's not the people's fault, it's my fault. And so now we're trying to, com- we completely refound it. We build it from scratch to like really give people the user experience that we want. Mm-hmm. To get you come onto the platform and you know exactly where you need to start, what you need to do, how you need to do it, and how you get rewarded for doing it. Right. And so that's what we're doing with Artwatch, which, which I'm super excited about. Um, yes. We're working together with a team of developers that are super talented. Um, and to top that off, which I'm not going to reveal yet, but we are implementing other things that will where we want to bridge the gap between students and professionals. So we're bridging that gap, yeah, um, which, to have people access to the industry directly, right? Which is something I'm really, really excited about. It's going to take another half a year, probably, of development, <laughs> but more work. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's something I'm very, very excited about. I mean, that's kind of what I've done with the podcast, right? Is try to bring people like yourself on or other people who are professionals and put them in front of students and say, "How do you get in the industry? What can you do to get a job?" Um, I mean, definitely up and coming. We have a, a guest that I, I just talked about, Alejandro, and he's a recruiter for the games industry. So we're going to have some recruiters on at one point as well to talk about the whole awesome. process of applying and getting online. But yeah, I mean, that's that's been my goal since 2015, 2016 is, you know, bringing people on and bridging the gap between professionals and uh, students. So I mean, um, and then obviously it, it pays off. I mean, because I go to events, even when I was at Lightbox, people were coming up and saying, oh, dude, like, you know, uh, the podcast got me through college like the whole reason i know how to do and what to do and where it applies because i listen to your episodes so yeah art was definitely happening in the same direction i mean i definitely know you've had so many people sending you messages of love and affection just saying like dude you know art was changed my life and, and it was funny that day we were sitting in a chat and i had poached some people from another server and then they are oh, they were like hey i'm here like i'm, I'm in the chat i'm like oh shit yeah um because everywhere i've went you know we've for the last almost two years consistently we've had your uh, art wad uh, trailer at the front of every episode every month yeah that's and, been uh, awesome man thanks yeah just just because i definitely everybody who's always like i want to get the concept art i'm like great here's art wad go look at it it's the only thing you need to look at it's, it's the, the main thing for md that wants to learn how to be a concept designer and uh and yeah and and 3.0 i'm thinking 
hoping we'll definitely um, just expand the already huge uh, online school you have. Do you know roughly how many people are in the either the server or online learning in that world? Um, when it comes to the Discord server, it's it's um, it's 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 a portion of what we have on students. But I think right now we have a lot, around fifteen hundred active students. Wow! Yeah, which that's, is uh, yeah a lot. <laughs> Part of that is also because of the video that I made for Proco that went viral. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. But I think the reason it went viral is, of course, big shout out to Proco for giving me that platform. But it's um, because I hit a snare with people that they didn't see, but is actually fairly obvious on how you can go about training art and drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think nobody has really put it together in that way, like in that structure yeah. and that hit a chord with people. And that's exactly what we do at ArtWod. Yeah. Um, we try to simplify things to such an understandable and digestible manner yeah. that you can keep doing it consistently. Because I think the only difference between a successful artist and people that I wouldn't say are not successful, but that are not reaching their goals the way they want to is that the people that reach their goals have just simplified that process for themselves. Right. Like they have the ambition and they just go through it and they and they plow through it because they know where they need to go. And with Artwork, we're just providing that same road for people that don't have that direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen it even in, in, in like Peter Han's uh, dynamic Bible that he has. Exactly. As well. Very similar process. He yes. just breaks those shapes down and it's simple, simple rudimentary stuff. And if you guys haven't seen the video, uh, Antonio's talking about the video, which was how to draw anything in six simple steps. And yeah, like the more you can simplify that process. I mean, it's like, it's a weird thing with people. I've had this conversation so many times where people are like, you can have great artists, but not every great artist is a great teacher, right? It's a very particular skill on how to break information down to a digestible amount that students can really take on what you're trying to show them. Yeah. And I think Art Wad definitely succeeds. Um, I, I do know what you're talking about with the UI and I do know where people have went into the, even myself into the dashboard and you're right, okay, where did I go? Like, wh- where's the first place to go? Where's the first thing? But then it's, I think because you're probably trying to throw so much things online initially just to try and fill up the content, you were kind of, you know, maybe no, maybe it wasn't the first thing in your mind to think about, a, a, um, what's the word, a roadmap and where yeah. to yeah. start and finish. So, um, yeah. That's, yeah I mean, the, that's the that's the error we made. Um, no, that I'm, I mean, I'm the most critical person for myself <laughs> there is. Um, like every artist, yeah. Yeah, but if you, the thing is, like, you want to you want to give people the information, and I always said, like, Artwad is not a content website, right? Because there's enough content websites. We have enough of those. Um, it's a it's a platform, an interactive platform to give you structure, and with the current platform, I mean, it's good once you understand it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not it's not friendly enough because I mean, a lot of our content is geared towards beginners. And professionals, it, we ha- we're in that like weird niche market where we tailor to both. Yeah. Primarily because we have a lot of professionals on our platform because they understand the value of consistently training your fundamentals. Right. Yeah. Of course. But we, of course, tailor to beginners because we want them to have a starting point in their career, and, and that's where the the platform, the the content, let's say, was there, and the mm-hmm. roadmap was there, but it wasn't clear and. Now we've taken the, let's say, Apple approach, 
where we yeah, just yeah. simplify, cross through, simplify, cross through, simplify, right? Edit proof. Yeah. <laughs> we simplify it as much as we can, but we keep the value, we keep the quality of the content um, in there. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a thing that, especially when people are getting into art, is the hardest thing because, I mean, I know Ahmed, you know, our, our mutual buddy, you know, yeah. he's just launched Meds Map, and I think he's done a great job in the roadmap sense where, you know, there's a definitely a beginning, middle, and end. There's a way to navigate the whole thing. Um, I mean, his is probably more specifically tailored to just painting and going through that whole journey. But like your whole approach to learning is so vast because there's so much subject matter, you know, even between organic, you know, and figure and, you know, hard surface, there's so much to cover every week that, yeah, yeah, it, it would be a, a monumental task trying to get that right, you know, uh, off the bat. And, and I'm sure you're going to do that for 3.0. Um, so when will 3.0 launch or when are you going to have your kind of initial uh, you know, blast on the website when this when everything's going to kind of going to change. Well, I'm seriously, ho I'm not sure when you're releasing this podcast, but seriously, hoping you want to release when, it, buddy. when it's launched, <laughs> we should be live. Um, we're uh -huh. at the point of this recording, which is August first. Yeah. Um, we're probably starting beta testing in like eight days. Okay, and then we're hoping to launch the very first week of September. Hopefully. Right. Okay. But we've been hoping to launch for the last two months now. Right. And okay. yeah. <laughs> the primary reason is it's a it's a huge undertaking to migrate everyone to a new platform. Right. So we want to do it as carefully and as good as we can because, of course, people have built up progress in the current website and we need to have that progress uh, migrated to the other website. So it's definitely not an easy undertaking. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, hopefully... Yeah, by the time this is launched, I mean, I definitely, I think there's a couple in front of you anyway. So I think by the time this is launched, it'll, it'll definitely be live. So, um, of course, I'll leave all the links below. You guys will probably see the trailer run before this anyway. But yeah, I'll definitely leave all Antonio's links as I always do below. And you guys can check out the, the new and improved art wad. So, again, on top of the, the whole concept design thing, because, you know, that's been your whole stick for the, for the longest time. You did a, a video recently where you talked about concept design in general. And I say concept design over and over again because the job has definitely changed since I came in. I mean, when I left my job in 2012, it was only just becoming really like a, a gig or a thing that had a name, you know, and people were starting to understand what it was. Um, but then it definitely in the last 10 years has evolved into its own profession and design, I think, like we said, is, is more the relevant name. Can you talk a bit about that and why you made that video recently? Um, yeah, sure. I think I almost felt an urge to to create the video Primarily because the, the 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 term concept art gets thrown out, thrown around yeah. too. I mean, too liberally. I'd say it's like concept art this, concept art that, and where we first had the discussion between there's a difference between concept art and illustration. Well, if you think about it, there really isn't. Um, they can be they can be deemed the same term. It's more about the context in which you're doing stuff that currently is concept art and that's why i made the video and that's why at the end of it i say we're more context designers instead of concept artists because we design things based on the context where we are at in which project where we find ourselves right yeah. so i'm a context designer in the blue sky context i yeah. come on to projects with me and my studio mm. when there's nothing on the table right? right when there's when the client has no idea what to do Mm -hmm. um, almost like a very early product designer. Right. Um, and so we establish things, right? And we set rules. And then we have other artists come on board in a different context that 
take those rules and make them visually develop them into right. what the shape language might be, what the coloring might be, what the tone of the project might be. And we help that. We help facilitate that. There's other artists that do that as well. Mm-hmm. And then you you kind of roll into pre-production, right? And this is where it's for a lot of people. So a lot of junior artists or aspiring concept artists think that pre-production is everything. It's like yeah. the blue sky and you you... you you do all the ideation and all the little sketches. And usually when you come into pre-production, everything has been set. Like we mm. know what the what the characters will look like. We know what the environments will look like. We know the tone of the game. We know the you know the style of the game. We know what we want. Mm-hmm. We just need a lot of artists to produce within this context. Um, and so that's why I made the video because concept art is too broad of a term. It's too generalized. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely when you come into projects, I mean, stuff you've done recently, even with your dragons, you know, and, and the whole Century Ashes stuff you've done, like, it's maybe a thing where, like, we know where it's set, we know the, the set in the medieval set, and we know it's going to be full of dragons, but then we need somebody to come in and basically make all the dragons, or make variations of yeah. dragons, so we've got more and more content to push out constantly. And, uh, and yeah, you're very you're very right on the context thing. Um, it's, I mean, concept in a general is a loose term as well because a concept itself is a loose term. But yeah, yeah I think it's, it's good to, just in general, I think for students especially, just to flatten out that term that you're not going to be making maybe the, the promo art or the, the marketing art stuff. You're going to be down in the trenches making rough, you know, concept ideation sketches, things that are very loose, but then obviously convey the idea that you're trying to get to up to maybe a polished render where you're putting in, you know, texture and color and light and yeah, yeah, and not only that, like, I didn't make the video to say, like, hey, we should change this term. I mean, we can keep the term, sure. But I just made the video for people to understand, kind of know your path and where you want to go. Because like you said, the industry has changed so radically in 10 years yeah. um, with, with a lot of things, right? Even, again, I'm a CrossFit boy. If you look at CrossFit 10 years ago, it was an amateur game. Right. It was to find the fittest amateur on uh, you know, in the world. Right. Ten years later, that's a very short period of time in human hi- history. Yeah. It's an elitist sport. You cannot do it without dedicating your life to it yeah. seriously. So a lot of these things, especially in our generation, through technology and, and shared knowledge, mm-hmm. kind of expand so rapidly, so exponentially fast. Yeah. It's the same for concept art, right? Because, you know, with the rise of art station and people sharing their work, if people share their work, it means other people can learn from that work, right? And yeah. people sharing knowledge, like we do at Artwad, you know, um, Brainstorm does, Proca does, you know, whoever it is, um, we're all sharing our knowledge, and that just creates an exponential um, expansion of of this this industry. Yeah. And I feel like, again, with that, like we do at Artwad, we want to give people some direction, yeah. like because. Concept artist is too general. Yeah, I want to be a concept artist. Sure, but then what do you want to do? Oh, yeah, I want to be a character concept artist. Okay, but then what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's easier for you if you have some sort of focus to go in. Um, and again, like I always say, train like a generalist. So train everything, yeah. but focus your career as a specialist, of course, because you'll need to fit a certain niche. And it's just like, I wanted to give people that understanding of what the industry is and what it's moving towards. And it could be like very much, Gordon, that my video in 10 years is irrelevant. Of course, yeah. Because of how the industry moves, which I don't know, right? But at this time, I felt like the need to create that video. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and definitely, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's one of these things that the term will change. And I mean, even the term, like you said, of concepting and, and, and the, the role itself, I mean, it, it's crazy to think this, that the games industry in general, uh, not only just the film industry, but the games industry specifically, who has more content and content artists than, than most places, has evolved so rapidly over the last 40 years, right? So if you go back to even the 90s when I was young, and I was playing PlayStation games, you know, when the art was done in the studio, it was usually the guy in the studio who could draw the best. Yeah, exactly. The illustrations, right? So fast forward 10 years and people come in the 2000s and like, we really should dedicate like a person to this job, right? There really should be a job where, and you know, and it's even when you look at a look, the, the companies and the tech companies, especially that are moving forward into like the new century, you know, they say something like 85% of the jobs that will be filled have not even been created yet. Yeah. So it yeah. feels very similar to the games industry, even with the birth of AI and other things within the industry that, you know, concept design in itself could, you know, evolve into other roles and could be other things that now come out of this. And it's crazy to think how young the industry is and we're really at the forefront of it moving forward and really at the at the cutting edge, you know. And I don't think I've ever been in an industry like that before. When I was an engineer, you know, people had been engineers for hundreds of years and you knew how engineers worked and what the role was and what you'd done and how you learned things and there were skills for it and there was other set up. But concept design is so young. And like you said, Pre-2014, there wasn't an art station. You know, Proco wasn't even hitting your stride. You were not even at the point where you knew what concept art was. Point. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's crazy to think how these things are are, are just birthing right now. And it's, it's this whole industry is exploding in front of your eyes. Yeah. It's like the birth of the universe. It's crazy, right? I mean, do you think about that from time to time? I do, like, because... Even even we in the industry, we always worry about... Everyone worries about their job, right? Especially with... um with an industry that's moving so fast and, and new talent. And a lot of people say there's an oversaturation of artists. Mm. I I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, because if you look at it, there's enough, like there's a scarcity of talent. Um, when we, when we look at it and when I talk with developers, when I talk with publishers, they have a hard time finding talent, which sounds like a contradiction, right? Cause if you look at art station, you'd be like, wait, there's talent enough. <laughs> um, but so it seems like there, there's definitely still a need for certain people, certain individuals. And that's where you get into the realm, like, you know, of that specialization. Like if you specialize enough, but here's the thing, if you know where to specialize in, if you're like, I'm going to specialize in concept art, then yeah, well, good luck. Join the rest of the art station gang. Right. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But if you know how to market yourself and you kind of steer your way into what niche you want to fill. That's the cool thing about today's industry. There's so mm. much need for content that you will probably fill a gap. Yes, um, 100%. The, I think there's definitely a downside to today's industry is that that war for content. Um, mm. I just read a very interesting article on LinkedIn from someone that said, I hate getting pixel fucked by Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very common. Did you thing. read that? So it's it's I, about yeah. Yeah, I I I just know enough people who have worked for Marvel in the film industry that they know it's a thing. It definitely yeah. happens. Yeah. And so this is where what I was saying also about there, there's essentially no difference anymore between concept art and illustration because it used to be the the narrative used to be like super finished art isn't concept art. Well, unfortunately today it is. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of studios require sometimes very polished things before mm -hmm. they even go into pre-production. Right, and yeah. And to some degree, sometimes they're justified. You know, even I do this, a lot of illustrations. Um, and the reason we do it is because we need to show the client the tone of the game. Yeah. 
And when you say the client, it's not your art director. He knows the tone of the game. He's directing it. But yeah, it's like the people funding it, the 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 producers, the the people in game design, they need to understand it and they don't understand it from a sketch. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. I, I think it's it's very apt in what you're saying where if you look at like, again, if you go back to your, just because it's stuff you've worked on so we can talk about it, but your, your, your century, uh, you know, your concepts with the dragons and stuff like that, that you've done in the nights, like that's definitely, I would say more like a, fillish, a finished illustration versus a concept design, right? Because concept, when I was told, when I first got in the industry, you know, concept was, extremely loose you know there wasn't even color sometimes it was just a sketch it was just even just a silhouette and you were just finding you know shapes yeah. and, and design where now like you said with that stuff i mean a lot of this is like it's like box art like it's like a lot of the stuff you're, you're putting on it's like stuff that could cover a magazine or could cover you know a finished page um i mean in a sense it's good because i mean it, it does convey more information and people could definitely look at that and think oh i know i know where you're going with that i know what you're trying to convey but then again, it's one of these things where it might start to be a thing where the bar is now even more raised, you know, like it, it just keeps going up and up and up. And it's like, oh, great. Now I have to do a finished sketch. Now I have to know how to color it and, you know, yeah. light it and, and comp it. And, and this is actually yeah. where the new tools like 3D, you know, like Blender and, and, and all these things are very welcome tools because they they increase your process, right? They, they, um, they the help you create... Yeah, but they help they help you increase to get to your final r- result faster because um, I've done a talk in in Denmark uh, recently mm-hmm. and um, I forgot his name. I feel so bad for that. Anyway, it's the founder of New Edge School and one right. of the founders of Terraform Studios. I think um, it's a French. I mean, Phineas or Phineas Terraform is that no Phineas? It's a French name, very French name. I forget. I apologize, but. He was showing concept art, right? But it just it just looked like box cover art, like seriously. I mean, right, yeah, yeah. They're so fast at producing it because they have all these tools. Yeah, of course. So you can still label it concept art. I would, because what they're doing is they're they're informing their clients in the in the pre-production and the and the visual development phases of what the mm-hmm. tone of the game would be. But you definitely need those tools in order to um, create those results. If you need to hand paint it, like your job your job isn't fun anymore with the deadlines yeah, that you yeah. get. I mean, it's one of these things that I've definitely, because I've done more 3D than 2D to this point, I mean, I definitely understand the the importance of it. I mean, if you look even like, I remember, oh God, this was maybe a year ago, I went on Tyler Edlund's podcast and he was obviously intrigued at the time when I'd done that whole dungeon scene and, and how I came to that. And, you know, at a point, Tyler was actually, uh, you know, reaching out to me and saying if I'd want to do some 3D stuff for him. And I was like, sure. But then I think Tyler just took the initiative and he was like, I'm just going to learn it. I'm just going to learn 3D. I'm just going to put it in my, my another you know, tool on my belt and just something else that I can do. And now you look at Tyler's work and how far it's come, yeah. you know, since even last year. And yeah, 3D is definitely, I mean, interesting as well, because I know in Artwad, as you know, at the time of recording, there was a hard surface week where we had just recently where you were doing 3D blockouts, which were yep. then turned into buildings. Have you maybe started to embrace 3D more? Because I know initially it was maybe something you weren't focusing on because fundamentals are so important to you with learning and student stuff. Is that something you're trying now more to integrate into the the learning side of it it's a really good question and i would say yes almost out of necessity not out of necessity to learn the basics but out of necessity to make artists understand that 3d is part of the pipeline now and so when we did the hard surface thing like the the focus was on design right and how you might walk through a design pipeline where you get like a very rough blackout for someone and you need to design on top of it and then 
you can use 3D to your advantage. And that's yes. kind of by providing our students with these pre-made blockouts, mm-hmm. we are we're alleviating the threshold. Like they mm-hmm. don't need to learn 3D themselves. They can use what is already available, but it might inspire them to start using 3D. Yeah. Uh, and another thing, like because in the new program, we'll have learning paths, right? So we'll have learning paths for specific um, context designers, right. um, yeah. which will eventually branch out into specialties. And out of these specialties, I will definitely have people that show blender skills, right? And how you can do it. I'm, I, I'm for, for instance, I'm enamored with um, Paul Coltart's, um, he's the he's a YouTube channel called Spitfire Storyboards, Spitfire okay. Storyboards. Been in contact with him um, and I want him to do a course for Artwatt that is specific to blender animation and grease pencil. Okay. Because it's, it's, what he does is he fills in a niche that almost no one else is doing. And it's it's so good. I mean, when it comes to animatics and making your visions come to life. Like 3D storyboards in a sense? Yeah, 3D storyboards. But like doing animatics, like almost with grease pencil drawing on top of your, you know, ah, right. yeah, drawing yeah. on top of a simple plane. But then you can you can have control of your camera. You have control over how things move, how you you, you divide up your keyframes. So that's awesome. So you don't have to hand paint it. You don't have to hand dry it all the time. So that's that's something I I just see as a as a necessity in today's industry. If you want to get into animation, if you want to get into movie making, storyboards, animatic stuff like that. Yeah. So that's something that can definitely be a part of Artbot because it's like a fundamental skill that you're using. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. It's one of these things where I think you know, three D in itself, photobashing. There've all been tools that have came along, and it's always just to expedite just to make things faster just to get to the i mean because like you said when you're in a studio and you've got maybe two or three weeks to turn something around you know you can't hand paint everything you know some paintings can take you a week some paintings can take you a couple of days so if you need like 50 of them then it's like sure like give me the 3d like what's yeah. the quickest route like where's the model of the dragon like let's just fire it up and paint over it um and i think it's good because i mean it's a fine line you've got to trace because i spoke to so many people in the industry Emerson Tung is one that comes to my mind. He's at Ed Software, but Emerson is an incredible draftsman and has a really cool and understanding of the, the fundamentals of drawing and perspective. And he was like, the best people I've met in the industry are people who can draw and can draw Always. well. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's certain people obviously who get a niche where they can, you know, use 3D to an extent where they don't even have to paint because 3D will just do it all for them. But he's like, the most creative people and the best people in the industry I've seen are people who have fundamental amazing drawing skills um like i mean like kim kim G is one of them obviously people like tb joy people who are just like so enamored with their draftsmanship that they can just make anything from their head and uh i'm sure you would agree with that obviously where you, yeah, where you are that, well yeah. that's our philosophy that's my philosophy right um when i don't, don't want to sound arrogant but I've, i no, I, no. I fit in the same category as like good draftsman yes i'm not I'm not like I, I, don't, I, I, I don't even care about pretty pictures and and super refined splash art painting. I love the act of drawing and putting ideation on paper. That's what I love. That's what people hire me to do. And apparently, that's a very rare skill. So, <laughs> and that's why we don't want to we don't want to dilute the artwork program when we introduce things like 3D. Yeah, it should be at the bottom of the list. It should be to specialize. Right, it's just but, a tool. Exactly, but that's the thing, right? And and you need to re- acquire those draftsman skills because if you have that, like you said, you're a rare breed. And that's yes. what we're trying to facilitate with Artwatt. But imagine then you you also master 3D. Yeah, unstoppable. Then yeah, you're basically. then you're unstoppable, <laughs> exactly, because you yeah. can 
if you have that spatial awareness, you know how to jot down things quickly, but you can also quickly jot down a scene in 3D, yeah. sketch on top of it, yeah. even animate it if you want to. I mean, you're unstoppable and yeah, yeah. You, you're going to get hired everywhere. Yeah, 100%. We, I was just having this conversation um, with a mutual friend, Rembert, who is a storyboard artist at Riot Games. And he was like, dude. He's we... been over uh, yeah, 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 a yeah. couple of months yeah, ago. You know, he's, a, he's, he's a great dude. I've just been yeah. talking to him more and more. And uh, yeah, he's just been like, you know, at Riot especially, we just, we can't find people. Like, I mean, people talk about the oversaturation of art, yeah. especially within concept. But sure, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people want to learn how to do it. But like the people who can do it, maybe a handful in a room, you know, like we'd only fill a room, you know, like the, he was like that, like, yeah, the reason he wanted to do storyboarding was because he just wanted to draw. Like he just loved the creation of, of drawing so much that he just wanted that to be his full-time gig. And now he's like, yeah, trying to find other people to fit that niche is, it's difficult. You know, it's really hard. It's almost impossible. And 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 yeah, like the, that's the common thing I hear with studios is that there's a ton of jobs, but there's just no enough people to fill it. No, yep. People who aren't good enough to fill it. And a hundred percent like you know the dedication to draftsmanship and that skill i think when 3d and photo bashing came along people saw like oh there's a road in there's there's a quick access you know there's the exit door i can go through there and just get in straight away and for some people definitely that did work and people kind of got that niche but then when we come back around now to design and people are wanting more things to be designed especially within stylized i feel like we had this conversation also a couple of people who were talking about riot games and blizzard and saying that realism to an extent can go so far and you can fake that with 3d but then stylization and stylized realism i think is taking so much more present now because yeah. people want to explore in worlds that are away from the norm and away from the real world so people like yourself are now finding an abundance of work because you know these companies who make this kind of stuff are exploding um right being one of them obviously but like yeah um as a very rare skill to have to be a good draftsman and someone who can really id on paper with pencil uh, at that level and then build it up over you know photoshop procreate whatever they're going to use yeah um yeah yeah this and is again, something be... i even i even learned back in industry workshops i think it was 2017 then um when i was talking to a couple of recruiters mm -hmm. and they said back in 2014 we started making a huge mistake of only recruiting photo bash artists and this is not to put down uh people that photo bash at no, all no. But it's like what you said, a lot of beginning artists saw it as a way in, like a shortcut. And what they noticed when hiring a lot of people that had very fancy portfolios that were photo bashed beautifully, mm -hmm. um, they weren't productive because they couldn't ideate fast enough for the pipeline for or the, the requirements yeah. of, the, of, the, of the product. Right. So your production slows down. And if your production slows down, that costs money. Yeah. So you're not an effective artist, right? And, and this is where guys like Rembert, guys like, you know, a lot of my peers from Belgium, like Jens Klaassen, Jonas Minabo, and, and these are sketch, Bram Sells. These are people that know how to sketch, know how to ideate, and it makes them such effective artists. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, 100%. And then, I mean, I think that's also, I mean, moving on to the thing you talked about earlier with Sketch Studios and the thing you've now created, um, you probably did see that niche and saw that gap in the market where you had the talent you had people alongside you that probably could fill that gap and you were like right great let's put a, a party together let's put these guys in the same room and let's try and one work together as a studio where did that start from because that's still in its infancy in its sense because that was only was that last year you launched sketch studios actually this year okay well i I, I officially launched it yeah last year but we almost only got into production this year 
right okay yeah yeah and was that just a thing like you said there was a gap there was something you saw where you could you know slide in there with people and, and make, take some work or um, a, a bit of both although i also did it out of necessity so i had the i still have the incredible fortune that i'm working on a couple of projects that have required me to expand right so um i've been almost blessed with some more responsibility when it comes mm-hmm. to instead of only being a lead artist i am now you know more of an associate art director on a lot of projects and so congratulations can, yeah thanks <laughs> but i can i can now share my vision right. with people and i wanted to create like a small studio i'm not trying to get big i don't need that i want to have like that core niche group of people that are so specialized but they can they can fill that blue sky visual development gap right Uh, and that's where that came from and fortunately i had one student axel who came onto the art rod program (laughs) yeah he came onto the art rod program and he showed that ambition and you know that drive to become good and what he accomplished within a year was amazing and so that gave me the incentive to have him do a lot of some, you know, small gigs for Artwad when it came to sketching examples, not teaching yet, but just giving some examples and demonstrations. Um, and then give him some, cl- you know, small projects for Sketch Studio, mm-hmm. um, see how he would handle it. And as you would expect, he did great. And that gave me the, you know, the confidence to, you know, have him on board. Uh, permanently and and just you know share my vision because he can he can sketch the way i sketch which is great you know and then we have another artist which is carl de havitter which also uh someone that actually got me into art funnily enough we we met when i was still working in retail cool Um, but he was he's the guy that you would say is raw talent um there's a there's some people that you say like it's hard work it's hard work and it is like he works incredibly hard i think he has he de- he's a lot on the um facebook group called daily spit paint i know i'm, I'm sure okay. you know what that is right yeah. uh, so it's 30 minute spit paints where you cannot you, you you have to do a painting or a keyframe or whatever within 30 minutes he has 3500 of those okay. so he's ridiculous he's like one of the best cinematic artists i've ever seen when it comes wow. to visual development and colorists so um i really wanted him to be on board and he's like he fills that other gap that me and axel lack Right. Um, and then we have some freelancers that still do um, things from time to time, but th- that's uh, temporary. But yeah, but that's what co- I wanted to do with Sketch. Yeah, but the core of you is three people right now. Three people, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing it go past five, right. honestly, because that's enough. Um, because we fo- that's on the niche that we focus, right? It's Blue Sky and visual development. And like I said in the, in the video, in the YouTube video that I made, there's not a lot of artists that usually um, are on those stages. You just need a core of people because it costs mm-hmm. a lot of money. I mean, um, for the studio because it takes you don't know what you're asking, right? It's not you can you cannot come up to us and say, "Hey, we need this many illustrations. We need this many," because you don't know what you're making. Yeah. So it's like day by day you need to see, and that's for every project, every client, every uh, um, publisher. There's like, okay, we need to build something new. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is. We don't know how long it will take. When we will get the vision of the game. So we need to hire someone. Usually it's one artist. Uh, but at this stage, you know, bigger projects is usually a couple of artists. And that's where we are trying to fill that gap. 
No, I mean, it makes sense. And I mean, I know, um, so there was a guy I actually went to talk to in, in, in initial workshops, uh, Jamie Clapham, I think his name is. But Jamie was, at the time, I think maybe even Creative, Creative Assembly or Sumo Digital or one right. of the big studios in South. But he then formed a studio called Brainbug. I don't know if you, you've heard of those guys, but Brainbug. Yeah, Brainbug are, uh, like you, a studio that was formed out of a couple of concept artists wanting to get together to f- win and bid work and then do stuff on their own um, and now have to take on, you know, l- larger projects and bigger studios and stuff like that. So it's, it's a very, uh, I think even with Terraform, it was the same, right? I'm sure it was Phineas at the time from America who worked at ILM that he formed that studio also with Pablo and a couple other guys. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a very common thing now. Um, that people are, are kind of doing that. But Even they actually, just exploded. No, of I mean, course. No, they've, when they've I, went when crazy. When I heard the founder of Terraform talking about it, I think they do like 80 projects at a time. And I, I remember yeah. asking like, "Are you? did you say 18? No, no, 80. <laughs> like, what? You're like, okay. <laughs> okay. You, just, uh, you keep You're on, on keep a different going. level. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do you. You do you, but Yeah, no, because, uh, yeah, because, I mean, Finney and, and Pablo, a lot of those guys were ILM, so it was it was mostly just, you know, AAA film work and, and yeah. all those kind of big studio stuff for Marvel. And if you've got that kind of access to those studios, then great, you know, you will find work. But then, um, I mean, like, it, it's always these things that we've talked about within concept is, like, you've got to define your own success, right? You can't always compare yourself to those studios and other people and, like, oh, this guy worked on Thor, this guy worked on this, you know, Avengers film, and you're like, oh, that's great. I mean, like, but then... If you're working on a project for an industry studio that you love, you know, it, 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 what is success to you? Is it that you're working on the big budget stuff or is it that you're just working? Is that enough for you? Like you're being that's creative, good, yeah. you're getting paid to do it. Um, that's a great that's a great remark, Gordon, because um, I think I've always been blessed of not really caring about that stuff. Yeah. And because I know I heard, uh, I think Trent... Um, I've never seen Trent search. Yeah, I know. It's Trent, a what's weird his last name? I've been trying to. Kuriag, I think. Kanigua, or I'm sorry, like Trent, that. if I'm butchering that, but like yeah. uh, you know who, who we're talking about, and Lovely. um, yeah. Yeah. the Trent's guy that team. has the great YouTube um channel as well. He's and he worked for Riot and Blizzard, and yeah, worked for Riot and Blizzard, and he said, like, I remember this vividly. It was on a recent podcast, um, and he said, like, a lot of us are always um trying to get that prestige, right, and and they associate me with that prestige, like they were associating him. But when he was at Blizzard, it was like a handful of people. And right. he said, it was fucking awesome. And the reason it was is because you you got a lot of validation and appreciation for what you brought to the project. Yeah. The problem when you are at Blizzard now over at Riot, and it, that's not to you know shine a bad light Jesus, on these artists, is like yeah. you're just one of the fucking many talented people that are there so even if you make something brilliant you're still part of the noise almost um which is which is you know it's great and sad at the same time and i think that's where i really i've always considered myself um someone that just if you if you pay me to draw i I love you right doesn't matter who you are um i just appreciate you and that's what i love about my art and and I've had the fortune now to be on bigger projects, work with bigger studios, but I I enjoy working with smaller indie studios just as much, especially for the validation, right? Um, if I make something or Axel makes something or Carl makes something, it's like highly appreciated. They love it. Um, if it's good enough, right? If, if it's not, yeah, and they say it's shit, that's good too. But <laughs> um, much, yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's it. You have that appreciation, uh, which I think um, is definitely something worth noting for a lot of younger artists watching right now like don't don't strive to be part of the noise right just 
and also don't strive to be because that's something that's a narrative I don't like as well is like only do your own thing sure but that's even harder yeah. um, and what I mean by that is if you do personal work I mean we're like as an artist you're the most critical for yourself right if you do something for yourself you're like most of the time you hate what you make so imagine making a personal project you're going to constantly hate <laughs> what you're doing um, unless you're mature enough like Trent who's now doing his own thing yeah. to know where he's at and know what to accept from himself but if you're young, don't focus on, unless you have something in your mind that you just need to get out, there's nothing wrong with working for clients. Yes. I would even okay. advise it. You know, it's because if you work for an art director, all you have to do is please the art director. Yeah. That's it. Right. You don't even have to please yourself. If he's happy, you've done a great job and you're validated. And that's sometimes that really feels good because I have a lot of shitty days where I'm working on personal things that just don't go my way. And I feel like absolute shit because yeah, yeah. I'm so critical for myself. But then I'm working on a client project and at least there they love what I'm doing. Right. So and then there's the balance. Yeah. And then there's the balance. Exactly. So yeah, don't yeah. definitely don't discard um, working for clients, which is like a common narrative you see on a lot of social media. Like you just do you do your thing. Go out there. Don't work for the, you know, the big bad corporations. I mean, sure. <laughs> some of them are. Maybe some of them are bad apples, but a lot of them, and I can say this for for 100% of everyone that I've worked with, it's been an absolute pleasure. 100%. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I definitely say that to students as well, that like it's great if you want to form your own studio or you want to do your own thing. But like that and that base knowledge of just going into a studio and understanding how pipelines work, how art direction works, how feedback works, feedback loops, especially in ideation, is invaluable i mean when i worked for fabricated um and we were just five people like that I, I totally understand that like i would make a 3d model or make something in 3d and hand it to my art director at the time matt and he would be like oh, that's incredible gordon really well done and i'd be like oh thank god there you go <laughs> you know what i mean like you feel like even i'm sitting there like sweating like at every pixel like oh my god is it good is it good and then doing the texture and pass and uv and and then i'm throwing it in and then he's like oh my god this is like even sometimes he's like jesus christ gordon he's like stop what he's doing he's like this looks fucking incredible and i'm like oh my god that's incredible and you're hearing that like one-to-one -one feedback yeah. from yeah. the art director and uh yeah like even even working with him as an art director over the last year has improved me so much because submitting pieces into the void like art station is one thing but handing it to an art director who then will sketch over it and be like here's a couple of passes here's a couple of things to change and then you take that 10 percent at the extra at the end and then put it on art station it, you know you'll get a thousand more likes two thousand more likes because if your stuff is art directed it takes a whole new turn from like you just looking at it like the other AI is in it so i 100 understand what you're, you're talking about but small studios um and that's why i have so much respect for good art directors and i emphasize the good of this because they're definitely bad art directors and yes. when i say bad art directors it's not necessarily art directors that will scold you when you do something wrong it's not like that there's just art directors that just do the job which is that they will validate whether something's good or not but if you have a good art director they're not there to teach you let me clarify that an art director is not there to teach you you should be knowledgeable when you come onto a project yep. but a good art director will inspire you to do better for the good of the project and those are the people you want to work for and they make you better artists as well you learn so much from them they never hide anything from you they include you into the pipeline mm -hmm. i've had some great art directors i think i i i can thank a lot of my artistic journey to those art directors and so it's a very 
it's actually it's actually what inspires me to be an art director as well because a lot of people don't want to be an art director because you know you're bogged down in meetings which is true by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> when i look at myself now running a studio i meet 50% of my time now and only put pen to paper 50% of the time so yeah. it's definitely a different world mm-hmm. but the the influence that you can have on other artists and mm-hmm. projects is definitely something that i feel is is incredible yeah I think getting getting to to bring people up and, and yeah. make people better is I mean it's the whole reason you launch, you launch that word right you want people to grow you want to help people get up and I think art direction in a sense is you've got to be a very because you can go two two kind of routes when you get to that level you can either go art director or principal and principal is all about making yeah. awesome art and making it constantly whereas art director is like now you're in charge of people like now you're making people better are you good with people are you a good people person and then yeah it's basically management and and like you said it's emails about emails meetings about meetings and and it definitely i mean raf's the same like even sony santa monica like he hardly does any art now because like it's, it's all just running the studio and running the project so there's definitely a, a clear line in the sand you've got to make about which way you want to go and it's not that once you've been an art director you can't eventually go back to principle or then turn your hand to doing concept again um it might just be a thing like right now this is what i want to do this is where my focus is and then maybe in the future you can go the other route but Art direction, I think, is very rewarding, like teaching is in general, where, you know, rather than just like make it better, which is sometimes some notes you get from people um, when you're handing stuff like, you know, your color values off a bit, maybe saturate a bit more or desaturate, make it less saturated, you know, maybe push this to the right. Can you make this whole column move? And, you know, when they're more specific like that, that's definitely something where you're like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Like, yeah, that does make it 100% yeah. better. Like, yeah, so it's a very rare skill, art direction. Um, I definitely, like, I had the conversation with uh, on Paul Canavan's stream when he was talking about you know, he's talking at the moment, and he said it on stream, so this is totally public knowledge, that he's talking to Riot at the moment about an art director role, and he was saying that, you know, I can't maybe draw or paint to a level that someday, like Espen can, or other people who do splash art, but I love people, and I love helping people grow, and that's something that I want to focus on, so it is a very centric role where you want to see uh, other people succeed in art direction, that's definitely one of the, the pillar stones of that job. Right. Yeah, and I compare art direction to when you're an artist and you make a painting, you're making it yourself. But as mm-hmm. an art director, you're making a painting with a lot of people. Right. And so what you're doing is everyone has a beautiful piece in the painting, but it's your job to make that painting coherent yeah. and consistent for the project. And that's a f- super fun job to do because you still, you know, you still do art. You still almost um, if, if, you, if, if you make the painting analogy, you still worry about the composition of everything, the color scheme, the tone, but you're just doing it by inspiring people to do their best work within this painting. And that's what I love about art direction. Um, and that's why I loved working with good art directors. There's, of course, also art directors that just, it's just their nine to five, right? And they just, they'll, they'll look at what you made and they'll either deem it good or bad, which is, yeah. you know. Which is also fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it definitely yeah, yeah. doesn't inspire you to do better. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's the difference between good and great art directors and the people you want to work for versus the people you maybe avoid or the, the studios that you think are a bit better or make stuff that's better than versus the, the guys who just churn content out constantly. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this and, and you talked about, like, you know, even with Terraform, how they're doing 80 projects and blah, blah. I mean, like, I think it's just these things that even within the industry, you yourself are still young in the industry oh, like, sure. yeah so i mean like it's a thing where you know where antonio and sketch studios be in five years i mean you might be working with blizzard you might be working with right you might be working with these massive companies you, you don't know it's one of these things that you just 
for a lot of people, I think the one thing that shouldn't kind of miss is that sometimes you just need to put your nose to the grindstone and every now and again, you get to lift your head and be like, oh, hey, I made this thing and then go back down to making things. So it's 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 difficult when I think like I have probably fell into the trap of chasing accolades. Like you want to work for Blizzard, you want to work for Riot, yep. you want to work for Sony, Santa Monica, whatever, you know, you've got this thing in your mind that like your career isn't fulfilled until you get to this point. But I know so many people using Blizzard as an example, because I know a lot of people there where they've strived to get to Blizzard and then they've got there and then sat in the, the, the you know the chair day one at their desk and being like ah oh, okay well I'm here now okay yeah. <laughs> so like yeah I mean it's it's, it's no the 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 fireworks and, and dancing that they thought it was going to be and, and all the explosions it was it was like it's okay, a famous I'm, saying right be careful what you wish for you might get it exactly no 100% like it's, it's even these things where you know you have this thing built up in your mind and especially I think a lot of people who are initially fans of the industry and then become artists maybe have this like thing built up in their head where like maybe they've you know they've played assassin's creed their whole life and they're like great i'm getting to work on assassin's creed game i'm sitting down in ubisoft the you know, first day and then you like you get handed a bunch of you know spreadsheets and you're logging for your computer and you're like oh like is is that so going to walk down the, the room at one point like what's happening like you want this whole fantasy in your head to come true but then it's it's the, the reality doesn't quite meet it at the yeah. end of the day as much as we have a passion for the industry and we love learning and, and, and 2d and, and and drawing it's a job it's a job like any other job there's good and bad days you get pay you take your pay you go pay it and, and spend it whatever you're going to spend it and monday to friday and, and that kind of thing it's it's i think it's just it's not a tale where you're trying to demoralize people it's just a cautionary tale of like try not to romanticize the industry too much right well what you should focus on at least from my perspective is and you take everyone that most people look up to right um which is a Kim Young Gi, an Ian yeah. McKay, a Jamie Jones, you know, the rock stars, the Craig Mullins, they all have something in common. The, like Ian McKay, same thing. The only thing they love is the process. They never care about the end result. They never do. I mean, the end result just gets there because of those years of experience. It just, you know, it just materializes. But the all the thing they all share, me included, which has taken me quite some time to actually get to, um, mm-hmm. For instance, I hate rendering, and you can say like, <laughs> yeah, it's lazy. <laughs> you just don't want to finish a painting." I've, yeah, I've yeah. finished a lot of paintings. I fucking hate it. I yeah, cannot yeah. do it. I love the process of drawing. It's what gets me excited. What's get me out of bed in the morning. It's the reason why I do the job that I do. And as soon as you love the process that you do, everything else will come. It's the problem that a lot of juniors and a lot of aspiring artists they focus on the goal, even when they make art. The thing they're striving towards is the goal of a good character design, the goal of a good landscape. Yeah. They're focusing on the goal. Instead, focus on the process that because that will dictate both your style and the way, where you will end up. Yeah. And that's something that almost all people share, all good, great artists share. If you love what you do, and that's what we say, right? If you love what you do, but people think like, yeah, work at Blizzard. No, if you love the process that you go through, yeah. you will end up where you need to end up. 100%. Yeah. No, I mean, like, like I say, I've been guilty of it. I've done the whole Road to Blizzard thing and had an idea of, of like where I wanted to go. But people were like, you know, that's great to have an end goal and fantastic to, to, to romanticize that's where you want to be. But, you know, make the stuff you want to make in that sense that, you know, where you want your style to go, where you want the process to go. And then naturally, you will find yourself at a place where that is a fit. You know, it might not be Blizzard, it might be some small indie studio in, in Spain, you know, like for, for who knows where you're going to end up. But like, 
as long as the project and the process is something that you trust, then, you know, you will find your own naturally. And a lot of guys, you know, when you go to these industry talks, industry workshops and stuff like that, they'll say in their talk, like, yeah, like my first gig was this. And I worked in a small studio making like a Candy Crush clone. And it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I was getting paid to do it. So I was like, yeah, it's working, you know, and, and it's not that you're going to get the job you want first, but you'll get a job. And then for there, it's the, then you start to define, well, then I had this other opportunity and then I went here and then I didn't think I was going to here, but I went here and like, you're never going to, I think it's almost impossible to pick a, a path and say like, I'm going to this studio or I'm going to work in this thing. Unless you're super dedicated and you're like a rare, rare unicorn where like you've got, you know, you're walking to university or college where your portfolio is like triple a style already and you know there are, there are those rock stars those people but it's it's rare it's not the the exception it's the rule and all this kind of stuff where yeah you've just got to basically trust the process and you'll end up where you're going to end up in the end so i mean axel would have been the same he probably wouldn't have thought that sketch studios was going to be maybe the place he was going to be i mean he was obviously maybe exactly, at yeah. time training for something else but then hey opportunity comes along and people talk about luck i definitely think when somebody told me ages ago where luck for them is opportunity meets preparedness. preparation yeah. yeah 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 for sure Very and true. also like the thing is um the irony is always uh, when you love the process um you'll probably get to work on the things that most people have as a goal and I always uh, compare this to there's a handful of um examples that i always tell students is if we compare max greca right mm -hmm. super stylized guy on instagram and yeah. jesper eshing one of my favorite artists Yes, perfect. completely different styles, completely different. They both worked on Hearthstone. Yeah. yeah. Their yeah. goal wasn't to work for Blizzard. Right. They just love what they do. Yeah. Blizzard picks up on that and yep. they use what they love. Mm -hmm. um, and that ends up in their product. Yes. Like you cannot, you cannot set like a, a certain style. I need to hit this to work for that company. No, what the company's looking for is talent that loves what they do. Same yeah. thing with Lowish. Yeah. Super stylized, right? Almost, I, I cannot find anyone that does more style, beautiful art than she does. She yep. absolutely loves what she does, right? Of course. Um, like, I, I cannot go around drawing female faces all day. I would go mad. And this <laughs> is not a stab at Lois. Like, she no, loves no, no. that. And you see that. And people vibe with that. And you know what? She worked for Guerrilla Games on Horizon. Super realistic game. Yep. Right? So they just they just hired her for what she loves to do. Which yeah, is which is what a lot of companies will look out for. Is like they're looking for talent because what they know it's almost like a sure bet. Because mm -hmm. if you pay someone that loves what they're doing, their process, the end result will always be better. Even if it's not in the style that you're looking for, you can definitely use it. Yeah, I mean I, that also comes back to a recent interview I done in the podcast with my buddy Henrik, and Henrik Rosenberg is somebody who has a style that if you looked at his stuff, you would think is not the, the the marketable traditional style of concept work or even illustration. But because he was so true to his voice and it was so unique, you know, he's recently started working with Blizzard. You know, and like, that's like you said, like it wasn't an end goal, wasn't something that he was really aiming for, but then they've definitely looked at his stuff and went, oh, there's a gap, there's an original voice. And it's one of these things that I think is so hard to teach people because, you know, I always, I, I kind of giggle at this now when I think about it where I was talking to Rembrandt the other day and I was talking about my journey and what I'm planning to do and, and so but he was I was saying like oh yeah yeah laughing I'm going to be the next Antonio Saparts just watch this and he was like dude be the next Gordon like yeah, you know exactly. be, the, be the person that you're going to be then he try to be a, a clone of someone like you know like Jesper and, and Max and all these guys are great to look up to but the industry really will reward you for being a unique voice in, in the industry the people will almost art directors seek that out constantly they look yeah. for 
what is unique and that you know art station is noise i'm not like where's the gems where's the people that are really oh that looks original that looks different you know like let's look at this guy's work and that's the hardest thing i think to be is to be yourself it's almost impossible in this industry because there's so much people look up to these big artists like ian and and max and other people and they want to be a carbon copy of that person and be who they are but then they have got successful because they're being themselves exactly and that's what people don't understand is that they're they're, they think that they're copying a style Mm -hmm. but what they're actually trying to copy and if you think about it like that you know why you fail what you're trying to copy is the love of a certain process that has been materialized through years of experience like ian just loves what he does Mm -hmm. and that's why he's ian mckay same for jamie jones same for all of the those other kim young gi same thing Kim Young Gi sketches all the time, all the time. And what he sketches is memories and things he sees in an environment. You yeah. can try to copy a style, sure, but you won't be Kim Young Gi. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Like it's the it's that love of the process that mm. you cannot copy. It's that it's something you need to cultivate for yourself. Yep. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, I mean I agreed again. I think it's one of these things where it's maybe not seen enough at industry events, and I think. I think the last time I heard somebody really talking about it or hitting it home it was Sean Silvestri when he done a, a talk in 2018 in short shops and he was like, I think the, the name of the talk was actually Be Yourself. And right. it was one of these things where he was like, you know, people look at even him and they're like, oh man, you you, work, you were working with Blizzard when you were like 23, 24. And he was like, yeah, great, fantastic. But that's not really what I want to do. It's not the thing that was driving me at the time. It was just a gig that came across and I, I got the opportunity to work in it. Um, and it's even these things where now when I interviewed... Um, you know, Esmond Rasmussen, you know, like the whole thing people talk about when interview him is like, right, 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 right. And he's like, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like I'm more than just right games. Right. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's like the thing where, you know, I actually apply a lot of knowledge to, you know, when I talked about this to Marek Maggi, he talked about when I wanted students talked about getting into concept art was almost as difficult as becoming a, a mainstream actor in a role. Like it's it's almost that difficult. It's, it, there's so much process to it. But he was like, it's the same thing. Like you'll get people who go to studios and work there long enough and they're almost typecast. Like that's the thing that people always right. associate with their work is that, you know, oh, you're, I know you because you worked in this massive studio, this massive project. And then the rest of their work is just basically pushed to the bottom because that's all they remember. And Esben was really guilty of that. He was like, you know, I hate when I come into podcasts and people just constantly want to talk about League of Legends. It's like, that was, you know, four or five years of my yeah. life. Fantastic. But it's no the whole, you know, he also worked at Six More Vodka where he'd done incredible work, yeah. you know, with, with those guys over there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very difficult thing to, finding your voice and being individualistic, I think is very difficult in this industry. Yeah, and it will keep you sane as well. Because, look, there's nothing wrong, by the way, with having goals. Let's put that as a disclaimer. You can, because I'll tell you my goals. I will always, if um, if they ask me to work on a, Di- a Di- Diablo Diablo project, oh yeah, I will, yeah. I will drop everything. Yep, and I will work on it. Yep, right? and I've been very close. I've been very very <laughs> close, but it just got uh, canceled for some reason. But um, the thing is, like, I I believe in the law of attraction. If you if you want to work on something, but you just do your thing, you love what you do, those things will come to you, and when the opportunity comes, you will be able to do it. So there's definitely nothing wrong with having those goals, but don't make that goal the road that you need to go through. Like do your own road, mm-hmm. make your own path in life and and enjoy that process of walking that path. And then yep. the rest will come onto that path. 100%. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. 100%. And that's a good note also to, I think, end there because uh, you've also got a busy day ahead. As, of, as always, you know, you're running art world, you're doing your thing, you're running your studio. So I want to let you get back to that. But yeah, um, 
yeah thanks for coming on antonio um again i hope you enjoyed it as you did the last time i hope you found some uh fun in the process of, of discussing art and, and, and chatting with me so yeah, yeah thanks for having me gordon as always it's a pleasure uh, we'd love to do it again yeah of course definitely um yeah again hope to you guys that have listened to this point have enjoyed it um i hope uh, as always that the guests i bring on are, are people that you find interesting and uh, of course you know about art wad is, is at the start of every episode but like yeah of course i'll, I'll leave antonio's links below and um, the other arts he talked about and other things we've talked about in the show notes we'll have that all down below as well including the artwork website and you guys can check that out for yourself i do highly recommend it of course as you know and uh and then yeah of course uh stay tuned for the next episode um if you can find us right now we're on youtube talking away but we're also on spotify itunes and google Podcasts and all the other things and uh yeah leave a like a comment any questions for antonio and i'm sure he'll answer them and yeah that's pretty much it uh thanks for you guys listening thanks for antonio joining us again and uh, we'll see you in the next video bye guys